Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Kids were packing them up, garage door is up, and this guy walks up and says, Excuse me, sir, I want to sell you some solar panels. 
I'm like, bro, don't you see we're getting in the car? Like, and he did, he tried to do it. I was like, well, I'm not interested, man. We're, we're trying to leave him. And he's still trying to do it. He's still trying to facilitate. I'm like, man, we don't, we don't want it. So now we just we don't answer the door at all. If, if we can, if we can manage, right? Um, yeah, it's too too funny. I, here, here's my opinion. I don't think door to door works anymore. Right? Here's the deal. We live in an information age where we have the internet and you know, Google. If you're really interested in something and you're the marketer, you're going to research it yourself. You're going to Google it, you're going to research it, or you're going to go on Facebook and say, hey, everybody, you got a lawn care service you use and you trust? You're going to do the research yourself. That's just the way it is today. I don't think door to door is, uh, and I, I didn't tell Haley, I don't understand why they do this. Why do they go door to door? They're wasting their time. Like, you know, like, this isn't going to work in today's setting. Now, when I was a teenager, in the church I went to uh, as a teenager, our, our pastor had this, this business great plan. He had a little map of our neighborhood, and, uh, and he highlighted all the roads that we, because we walked all this neighborhood. We walked around. We had door uh, hangers and Ted Jimmy, you probably remember those days, and we would, we would go door to door every weekend, and, and, and we, would, we would talk to people, we would knock on the door. Some people were cool and they'd be like, hey, come to church, and some people were like, you know, uh, Plenty Switch from Grand Serena, get off my lawn, you know, some people were... Some people are like that. Some of you are like that. Let's be honest. And, um, and so some are not so nice to slam the door and get out of here. You know, like some are not so nice. But we came to this whole neighborhood and he highlighted the map. And I don't really know how effective that was. Like, I love his heart, his passion behind that. And, and I just don't know how effective that was or that is today. It's just a different world that we live in. It's not the world that we all grew up in um, anymore. We live in this post uh, Christian world, and it's just it's just different, and people don't want to be bothered with the, with the door to door. But, but there's a need for something. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. There is a need for something because people are learning to live comfortably without God. There's a need for something. Right? There's a need for something. People, at the same time, are hurting. Look at the world around you. There's people hurting, there's people lost, there's people confused. Less people are attending church. If you look at the studies, and that's pre-COVID. Less people are, are attending church. It's just not the world that we grew up in. So we need to reset how we are reaching people. Right? We need to reset how we are going to reach people in the world that we live in today. We've been in this reset series the past couple weeks. Uh, if anything of what 2020 taught us, we need to get back and get back to the things of God, get back to who he is calling us to be, what he is wanting us to do. And as we close that out today, I want to talk about how we can reach people with a message called love like Jesus. When was the last time you actually talked to someone and shared your faith? Like face to face. I'm not talking about you shared someone else's post on Facebook. When did you, face to face with someone, actually talk to them about Jesus? Or shared your story. Or, or shared what you do in a time of chaos or confusion. You shared how you pray through that. How you, you, you know God and how he loves you and how, how you know you can pray through that. What was the last time you talked face to face with someone about the Lord? If you check it out, go through the studies. Like it's, it's crazy how many of the average Christians don't share their faith. I'm not talking about a weekly day. I'm not talking about a month. I'm talking about over a year span. We're not doing it. We're just not doing it. How many people have you personally led to Jesus? 
someone who needs Jesus. Let's do that. How about that? Everybody, wave your hands. Come on. This is a participation sport here. Right? Okay. Yeah. All of us. You know somebody. Listen. You may not ever go overseas on a mission trip, but guess what? Your backyard is a mission field. Your neighborhood is a mission field. Young people, your school is a mission field. That lunch table can turn into uh, a, a mission field. Your, your, the, the water cooler, the break room at your job is a mission field. The line at Walmart is a mission Come on, man, there are people that you encounter each and every day all around you that only you can speak to. There's a mission field all around us. So how are we reaching people? Are we, are we talking to people? Are we sharing our faith? Come on, listen. If they are breathing, they are a candidate for the life-changing love and grace and mercy of God. And they're all around us. All around us. Every day we encounter every single day. How are we missing it? What are we doing? What's going on? The problem is that many of us hesitate to reach others and share our faith. When we hesitate, there's these barriers that we put in place. It's not anything else. It's, it's, we put these barriers, these, these walls in place. Uh, number one, because we're afraid. We don't want to offend anybody because we live in that world today where people are so easily triggered. And, and we, so we don't want to offend him. But I, I'd rather not offend God. I don't know how you're feeling today. I, you know, he, he's called all of us. If you've given your life to Christ, you are, you are an ambassador for him. And he's expecting you to preach others. We don't like to, to offend others. We don't like rejection. Well, I share my faith, but what if they say no? Then you bless them on the way out and say, hey, I'll be praying for you, and you keep on going. But we don't like rejection. What if they get mad or upset? Sometimes they do. I was at Walmart and Brandon uh, some years ago, and, and there were some guys going around the neighborhood, and they were, they were just talking to people as they were walking by, and they were just sharing Jesus with them. And, and I happened to overhear a conversation they had with this one gentleman. This guy got mad. I don't know what it was. Maybe they encountered an off spirit, a wrong spirit, maybe that was going on. Or, uh, but he was like, how dare you judge me? How blah, blah, blankety blank. And he's dropping that palms and all kind of, like, no, this guy was going off, y'all. I don't know what they said to this man that he wasn't having it. And there's going to be some people like that. But if you actually look at the studies and statistics, there, there aren't as many hostile people as you think there are. There are some out there. It's, it's increasing, but... Quit making excuses. That's what I'm saying. And then I get mad and, and, and you just pray through it. What if they ask a question that you don't know the answer to? Right? That would lead me into the next thing is that many of us feel unqualified to talk to somebody about the Bible or about our faith. Because a lot of people have questions. A lot of people, they don't get it. They don't understand. Maybe we live in this post uh, Christian world. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people didn't grow up with the Bible stories and the, the things that any of us did. So what, what about that? Well, there's a really, uh, a really easy solution to that. If, if you don't feel like you have an answer for that, guess what? Read your Bible. <laughs> you don't have to go read God's Word. No, the Bible says that you're going to need to be able to uh, be accountable for what you know. Right? Read, read, read God. Understand, why do you believe what you believe? That's really the question that people want to know. So why, why do you believe what you I just have faith. The Bible says so. Those answers don't work for you. So we need to be able to approach people from a theological uh, basis. And some of you are like, already, you're like, yeah, theology, theology, that's a, I don't like that word. That will require us to study. Alright? That will require you to read a little bit more into it just instead of getting your, you know, one scripture verse a day. We, we have to be able to understand.
understand why we believe what we believe. Understand, uh, we, we really, that, that today, the modern Christian, you need to understand apologetics. You need to understand, you need to be able to tell why, why, how is there a God, right? You know, what does that even mean? And, and come at it from, from a scientific thing. So it's going to require us to study uh, a little bit more. But many of us don't feel qualified to be able to do that. Number three, we don't want to feel pushy. We don't feel like we're pushing things on anybody. We don't have to be that way, but I do know how we can counter that. That's build relationships with people. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was very relational. He built, he built relationships with people. He built relationships with people that the religious leaders wouldn't even hang out with. Right? He built relationships. And we have to do that. We have to build those relationships. And that's difficult because relationships take time. Right? They take time. Build relationships. That way, it doesn't sound pushy or feel pushy. But you earn a right to speak into someone's life. Uh, the next barrier that might be there is probably the biggest one is just we're just complacent. We, we don't put value on reaching other people. We might say about it. Many like to complain that the world is dark. Many like to go on Facebook and all the world. We just need Jesus to come back. And we, we need to reach people before Jesus comes back. Now, come on. So we can't become complacent. we got to get about the Father's business. Don't complain about it. Let's not bring problems. Let's bring solutions. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are a, 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 a voice of truth in this dark world. Come on, the power of God is in you, right? The same power that was Jesus from the grave lives inside of each and one of you. And if it doesn't yet, come on, let's get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That can happen today. We will make that happen for you. That same power is in us. There's no reason that we should have to doubt or fear or be afraid. Come on, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is not so that we can speak in tongues and, and, and shout and holler and do all that. That's, it, what, what did Jesus say? You will receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit to be what? Eyewitnesses. He'll give you a boldness. He'll speak through you. Right? No more excuses. The great commission that Jesus gave. Those disciples so long ago, he said, go and make disciples baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go into uh, the uttermost parts of the world. The uttermost parts of the world are your neighborhoods and your schools and your jobs and, and wherever that, that you go. Come on, the Great Commission is your commission. It's your, it's all of our commission. It's all of, you, we, we don't have to have a program. We don't have to set up a, a, a Saturday this month that we're going to go out and do something. No, every day is an opportunity for you to reach someone in your life. Every day. If you follow Christ, we are called. We are called as his ambassadors. We're called to be salt and light, right? You're called to be salt and light. So turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. We're going to talk just about that for a few moments. Because we understand the problem. There's people that are lost. There's people that need Jesus. We understand the problem. Uh, so so the, there's the problem. The, the next thing is you are called. God has called you to be salt and light. And then we're going to talk about what do we do from there. How do we love like Jesus? I'm going to start in verse 13. We'll pick up the other verses here in just a few moments. But Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Look at someone say, you salt. You are salt, but not salty. I mean something totally different. The young people understand what I'm saying. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Let's pray. Father, oh, how we need you. 
God, in this day and this time that we are living in now more than ever, may there be an urgency, an urgency to be about your business, an urgency, God, to reach others around you. There's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of questions, but God, what about urgency? God, give us an urgency, Lord. God, let those things, let those frustrations turn into uh, righteous indignation inside. Let it turn into a desire. Let it turn into a hunger. Let it turn into a heart for people. God, may we become about your business. Not ours, not our own agenda, not what we want, God, not what we think it needs to be. God, what you want it to be. God, so speak to us today so that we can reach this lost and dying world in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You are not to be salt in life. Let's look at salt. What does salt do? What do we know about salt? Well, we know that salt seasons, right? Um, I, I love salt. Haley messes with me all the time because she knows as soon as I get my plate, I'm not even going to taste it yet. I'm going to get the salt out. And she's like, you don't even know if it needs salt. I was like, yes, I do. It needs it all the time. I'm going to get that salt out, man. I love, I love seasoning. If I grill out, man, I've got the seasons out, right? I'm going to, yes, sir. I'm going to get the seasoned salt and the, the, the garlic salt and probably Spanish folk, the adobo. I'm getting it out. Like, we're going we're gonna to do it up. Come on, man. Do you hear me? Yes. I like, you hear that? A lot of people, they make fun of white people because they say they don't, they don't like seasoning on theirs. But hey, you invite me to the barbecue, man, they better have some seasoning on it. I like it. I, want, I, I don't like bland food. I may have a tendency to over-season sometimes. Like, Haley can attest to that. Uh, maybe, maybe a little too much sometimes. Right? Just mix the mashed potatoes in there a little bit more. And it'll, 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 it'll win it out, right? It, it'll work itself out. <laughs> Man, our food is better when it, it is seasoned, at least in my opinion. Like, I don't know how to do things, but that's but Christ in us should enhance and influence people around us. Right? And, and if it doesn't, uh, maybe something's a little off. Maybe you don't have the right Jesus in you. I don't know. Maybe you are walking around with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's some other spirit. I don't know. But if you, if you would season yourself, what does that look like for us? Man, that, that, that looks like prayer. Come on. If you walk around prayed up, man, no matter what comes your way, no matter who comes your way, you, you are able to discern what's going on in the room. But many of us, as we come into whatever space that might be, whether it's work or, or it's at home, you might come in and that, that, that atmosphere is hostile. There's many of us in the room, we give in to that spirit. There's many of us right now with the, the, the climate of the culture right now, there's many of us, we are giving in to the temperature right now. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is calling you to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. Because a thermometer, it goes along with the temperature in the room and in the atmosphere. But if you are a thermostat, you set the temperature in the room. And God is calling us to do that in the world that we live in today. Wherever the truth, whether it's at work, you might go into work and everybody's having a case of the Mondays. And everybody's irritated. The, the memo got sent out and everybody's mad. And if you have an opportunity to come in, if you're afraid of, full of the Holy Spirit, you have an opportunity to come in and be light in that situation. You might feel it in your home. There might be tension in your family sometimes. And you need to come in the right spirit and the right attitude. That only comes by being seasoned yourself. I mean, prayed up, full of faith, 
Full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody, anybody walk around full of the Holy Spirit these days? Come on, I know we got some folks in the room walking around full of the Holy Spirit. Well, we need to be. And as we do that, as we seek after God, as we, we begin to fill Him with those things, and, and as we begin to fill Him with, with, with prayer and, and faith and the Holy Spirit, listen, we, we, we will want more, because that's what salt does, right? We're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But it's going to cause a thirst inside of But you're going to want more. You're not going to be satisfied with normal or ordinary. You're, you're going to want more. I mean, you're going to taste and see that He is good. So you're going to want more. And what that does is that catches. Or at least it should. And other people are going to see you, and other people are going to be in those settings, and they're going to be like, everybody's so upset, but you have peace. What is the deal? And boom, there's your door. Let me tell you about the Lord. Let me tell you how I deal with chaos in my life. Let me tell you about the Prince of Peace. That calms every storm. No salt. Seasons. Are, are, you, are you seasoning the right way? Because you can season the wrong way. I've messed up some dishes, y'all. <laughs> with with too, too much seasoning, all the wrong seasoning. You might just be one of those that you're, you're just going in on kind of seasoning in there, right? You can mess up a dish doing that, right? We can do the same thing. If we're walking around with the wrong things, if you're walking around full of pride, full of selfishness, full of I want my way, right away, like I, I have rights, you know, like so I have the right to be upset in a situation. I have, a, I have a right to say what I want and speak my mind, you know what I'm saying? We can season the wrong way. But the Holy Spirit in us produces through us to enhance the world around us. And that's what we need to be walking around full of. Some are full of a lot of other things. Let's be full of the Holy Spirit. Salt also preserves. Preserve. Uh, salt was used a lot in the Bible in this manner. They didn't have refrigerators uh, back then. Most bacteria cannot grow in conditions where salt is greater than 10%. Right? Your life is preserved through Jesus. Right? You give your life to Christ. He comes in. He makes you new. You're reborn. You're made a new creation in Him. Right? And as we season ourselves, we fill our life with the gospel. We can go out and we can change the world around us. We can enhance the world around us. We can change the world through Jesus. Salt purifies. Come on, we live in an impure world and you are an agent of purification. Salt creates thirst. Man, if I go to the movies, take the family out. It's been a minute since we've been out to the theater. If we go to the movies, man, me and Aiden are the only ones. Son, Aiden, we're the only ones that eat popcorn, so we get the big tub of popcorn. We share it. We put a dent in that thing. Let me tell you. Aiden likes some popcorn. But you know, you gotta get you gotta get a drink because you're gonna get thirsty. And they got those number one combos where you get the big uh, the big drink and you're good to go, right? Yeah, but the salt, it creates thirst. Salt absorbs water become and makes you become thirsty. Um, your mouth loses saliva and, and your body's that's your body's warning of, of dehydration. But if you season yourself, you're gonna leave yourself. Thirsty, right? There's a lot of people thirsty right now. They don't realize what they're thirsty for. They're looking in all the wrong places. Man, God, God will continue to pour out. There, there is more than enough in Jesus. Come on, and, and we should come to a place where we're not satisfied. Man, many of us we like to look at the old days and then I remember when God poured out and did this, that, and, and that was great. And that's great to remember. But, but, but if we're not careful, just like Eric said, we can remember all that back then and we can miss what God's wanting to do right now. I 
I'm going to do something new and, and, and for us, you know, those days, and we can learn a lot from them. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not discrediting what happened. There's a lot of things. God wants more. God wants to pour more. He's got more than enough. And, and, and we should be uh, thirsty for more of Him. Well, I, don't, I don't know what you want today, but I want more. I don't want to be satisfied with the same old thing. I want more. I want more. And, and, and then as we go out in hits, as we go out full of the Holy Spirit, it should create a thirst in other people. They should see what you have. There's something different about you. The way you react, the way you respond, the way, the way you are is different than everybody else. What is that? I want that. That's what it should be doing. Salt heals. It was used in the Old Testament with offerings and sacrifices. It's a natural anti-inflammatory antibiotic. Man, if I, it's not, I don't like to go to the doctor. Haley's got me going to the doctor for these days. It forces moisture out of cells that are affected that causes swelling and bacteria leaves with the moisture. We got a world today that needs some healing in many different ways. They're hurt by people. Man, I'm healed by Jesus. Come on. He bore stripes for my healing. He is a great physician, and that is where my healing comes from. Salt heals it. And we can be an agent of that healing in this world around us today. Come on, he forgives us. Anybody been forgiven today? You've been forgiven of your sin. Come on, thank God for his mercies that are new every morning. Come on, we've been forgiven, and we're, we're, we're meant to give that to others as well. Come on, you may have had some wounds from your past that God has come in, and, and, and you don't have any scars anymore, and God has come in and made you new, but there's people walking around with wounds from their past that need healing through Jesus that comes from you telling them. People need to be restored in their life and in their relationships. God's called us to speak to them and bring them Jesus. You're called to be salt, not salty. And you are the light of the world. You read up in verses 15 or 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So that they may see your good deeds and pray God, praise God, not you. Right? So that they may see your good deeds and see how good God is. Right? You are meant to be a light that shines to show who God is. The world is soft because it's impure and they need light because it's dark. Come on, say this one this one. Say, I am salt of the earth. Say, I am light of the world. You are a Christ-powered influencer in the world around you. I mean, you. You need to start believing that. You need to start declaring that over your life. You are a Christ-empowered influence, and you can make a difference in this world. You might think, I'm just, I'm just a little old me from Plant City, and, and, and that's fine if you keep saying that. But God has got more for you than that. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's His purposes. Come on. You can make a difference, and we do that by being... Salt and light. Light allows you to see in the dark. I cannot see in the dark. I don't, I don't think Haley was born with night vision. Because like, she can go walk around through the whole house with no light on it. I'm tripping over stuff, catching that pinky toe. You know? I cannot see. I'm, I'm like, I know where everything is. Like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm off the wall. I can't, I can't do 
do it. I don't know what it is, but, but light helps you see. Like, flashlight, you got your own light. Light allows us to see in the dark. We live in a dark world. And we have God's word as a, a light lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We have God's word. God has given us the tools to be able to navigate this dark world and be light so that he can be shown around us. It allows others to see God in us. If you, if you ever have, have uh, boated at night, you've got certain uh, navigational lights that will be on, on your, your boat. You'll have your red and green light that goes on the front so that can tell people what side of the boat you're on. You've got a, a, a light usually on the back so that people can see you. And I can say, you know, money might crash into your rig, right? Right? The, the light of God was shining on so that others can see God in you. We should stand out. We, we should stand out. In the race debate that's going on all over there, we should stand out. Right? In the political climate of the day, we should stand out. Right? On your job, you should stand out. On, on, on your kid's baseball team, don't be that parent. Right? Stand out for the right reasons. Our faith should be evident. People should be able to see something different in us. There's people that don't know God and they are living in darkness. Proverbs 4, 18-19 says, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter to the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. You are soft. You are like you are called to be that in this world today. And I firmly believe if you know who you are, you'll know what to do. If you know that you are Christ's ambassador, if you know that, 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 that God wants to use you to reach the world around you, then you should know what to do. So what specific things can you do starting tomorrow? Starting today? I don't, uh, maybe it's not, well, I'm just trying to get my life all together. No! Well, I'm trying, I got, I'm a mess myself. I'm just trying, no! Today! Today, now is the hour of salvation. Now, today, the world needs saving today. People need Jesus today. Because they're not promised tomorrow. There's people that die, go to hell every single day. That should bother us, church. That should bother, that should make our stomach sick. That people die and go to hell without knowing Jesus. Come on, we can change, we can make a difference in the world. We can do something. We have to learn to love like Jesus. Here's how we do that. Jesus built relationships. He spent time with people. He spent time with people that no one else wanted to spend time with. All right, remember Zacchaeus, the wee little man, the wee little man was he? Right? He was hated. He was a tax collector. People hated this dude. He had robbed people. He had cheated people. People did not like this guy. Yet Jesus pointed him out. He spent time with him. Went to his house. Had dinner with him. God. That's what God's calling us to do. And again, I know that's difficult because, again, relationships take time. Many of us, we have a, a busy schedule. We've got things going on in our own life. Right? Relationships take time. It takes time to break through walls. It takes time to break through barriers and, and different things. Right? It takes time. And they get messy. Relationships can get messy, right? People can get feelings hurt. People can feel left out. All, all sorts of little things that we can throw in there. So I, I get it. But that's what we have to learn to do. We have to learn to build relationships with people. Jesus, he built relationships and he had compassion. 
Right? Yeah, uh, multiple times we see where the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on the, the crowd that he was preaching to, that they end up feeding uh, with the fish and the loaves. Jesus had compassion on them and said, hey guys, let's feed these people. Multiple times, Jesus, I mean, Jesus died for the world, for a world that may or may not accept him. Yeah, he went to that cross anyway. He had compassion. It's a love like no other. Jesus spent time with sinners. He built relationships with people. He had compassion. Come on, listen. We're, I know we're in the world and we're not, not to be of it, but we've got to be in it to win it, right? Gotta, I, I feel like so many times we, we get together and we gather in our, our Christian little bubbles, and that's important because it's, we talk about community and we value that here. But, but we can be so much in our, our Christian bubbles that we're, we don't have anybody in our life to speak to, to reach. We do a lot of things here at the church. We have a lot of programs and come to this group and come to that group and do this and do that. And it's in the church, but we've got to start getting out and reaching people, loving people like Jesus did. It's easy to do that because we have this consumeristic mentality of, hey, let's, let's come, let's come, come feed me. But in a world of consumers, let's learn to be contributors. Let's be, God is calling you to be a spiritual contributor. We live in a world of self-centeredness. We're meant to be different, right? And people are shocked when someone acts out of kindness. They're shocked. It doesn't make sense because that's not the world we live in. So when someone does an act of kindness, when someone pays it for, when someone pays for someone's meal, it's like, oh my gosh, really? Why? They don't get it. Someone does something nice for them, they don't understand. This is not the world that we live in. Generosity, it'll shock the world. We can shock and change the world if we will show who Jesus really is by loving like him. So that means we need more of Jesus in us and less of us, just like we talked last week. And here's how we do that. Number one, we, we be rationally generous. I know we preach that and teach that here in the church. We want you to give. But what about outside the church? Like, as we are reaching people that are out there, that's where they are, right? As we're reaching people out there, we need to learn to be irrationally generous, generous out there with them. As you know, that doesn't always mean monetarily. Maybe that's you, you pay for someone's meal. Uh, Haley and I were at IHOP uh, a couple months ago. Um, our kids love IHOP, so that's just how it is. We go over there, they want to eat. But um, we were at IHOP, and Haley had uh, met... Some people there that she knew. They were sitting right behind us and she was talking to them. And uh, when we got on with our meal and we noticed another table over, the waitress was telling this group of people, big family, they had the booth full. Kids, everybody, you know, there were maybe six, seven people in that booth. And the waitress was telling them, hey, listen, um, you guys are good to go. Someone paid for your meal. This couple over here. We, we overheard that. Oh, I wonder if that was so-and-so that. Hey, and I know there's a few of you in the room, you do that from time to time, but, but that's one way that we can be generous and show the love of Jesus to others. Maybe it's buy a meal for some. Maybe it's like, well, I don't, I don't know, things are tight, so I may not buy one, but you can cook a meal. Listen, we got some good cooks in this room, y'all. You might be able to cook a meal for someone, come mow a yard for someone that needs it, or maybe they don't. You just want to be nice and go in there and mow the yard. Pray for someone. Our neighbor stopped me the other day. I went home for lunch and, and I parked and the neighbor was out with her dog. And she stopped me and she said, hey, um, man, I, I need a, I got a prayer request. 
So the fact that my neighbor knows that I pray, that's, that's a big step. Because many of us, we don't know our neighbors anymore, right? And so she's saying, hey, I got a prayer request. You know, my, my daughter lives up in North Carolina, and she just found out she had breast cancer. I, I can see that she began, to, she began to break down a little bit. I will pray, absolutely. Anything that you need, you let me know. That's one way that we can that we can show the love of Christ and be generous is pray for others. You can be a mentor to someone. Come on, we, you, there might be some younger couples in the room that, that need some, some people that have been through the ups and downs of marriage, that, 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 that know what it's like to pray through some difficult moments. And then they might need an older couple or at least a couple that's been married for a while to come in. And mentor them. We got some younger people that, that could probably use some mentor. We each and every one of us could use that for real and honest. You mentor someone. Come on, we need someone to see a need and be the need. Come on, be irrationally a, a, a generosity that doesn't make sense to the world. It has to be something different. What is it about you? Why are you so generous? Well, let me tell you about my Jesus, who is so generous to me. Right? That's how we get love like Jesus. Uh, another way we can do that, I'm going to wrap up real soon. Worship team, you guys can come. But we can serve without expectation. There's a lot of people that will give in an expectation to get in return. Right? There's a lot of people that will give that I can pay me back in about a week. Right? You know? But we have to learn to serve without expectation. John 13, 4 through 5. Familiar passage for many of us. Jesus got up from his meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus got up. He stopped what he was doing from his meal. Grabbed a basin of water, grabbed a towel, got down on his knees, and washed his disciples' feet. This was the job of a servant. It was custom back in those days and those times. And if, and if you think about it, if you know that setting, and everybody wore sandals everywhere, right? These dirt roads, dirty roads. So I can only imagine what those feet look like. I know what my feet look like, and I wear shoes. <laughs> so I can imagine Jesus. Come on, let's think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. He was fully God. And Holy man, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the our Redeemer, the Prince of Peace. Almighty God bent down on his knees with a towel and water and washed disciples. And he took on the job of a servant. We're supposed to be like Jesus. But how often do we serve our own agenda? How often do we, we're so focused on our to-do list, we're so focused on, I gotta get this done, I gotta get that. Are we willing to be interrupted by God in our lives? Jesus gets down and washes his disciples feet. Matthew 20, 28 says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give us a life that was ransom for many. I believe evangelism and outreach, I think it needs to look different moving forward. And it's as simple as loving like Jesus. Come on, you want to make a difference in the world? Serve somebody else. Come on, is your, is your marriage struggling? You need, you need some healing in your marriage? Why don't you serve your spouse? Hey, come on, that, those are your dishes too. Right? Those are your dirty underwear too. 
friendships and your relationships serve one another. You want to you know what some meaning and purpose in your life is? Just start serving. I'm not talking about in the church. We should do that too. I'm talking about out in the world. How, when you're trying to reach people, how are you serving others? You want to glorify Jesus. You want to worship Him. We talk about worship with music a lot of times, but what about serving others as an act of worship? Well, we want to change the world. We've got to become servants. Stop seeking titles and start seeking towels. Whose feet are you washing? Obviously, figuratively, don't go around and wash them. That might be weird. Unless God tells you to. I've had that happen before. But that might be weird. <laughs> At the job in the break room. Let me wash your feet. My bad. But that might be a little strange. Context is everything. Sir, who are you serving? Whose feet? And then the third thing is this, how do we love like Jesus, right? We're rationally generous, we serve without expectation, and then we learn to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. Learn to forgive. Jesus on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. On the cross, beaten and bloody, about to give up his last breath, he says, Father, forgive them. And Jesus forgave. Jesus forgives us. On that cross, he forgave what was seemed to us is unforgivable. There's many walking around with offense. There's many walking around feeling like someone did me wrong. I deserve justice. There's many walking around that. But Jesus knew no sin, did nothing wrong, was put on a criminal's cross. And he says, Father, forgive them. He's calling you and I to do the same thing today. To forgive. Some of you in the room, you've been wounded. You've been abused. You've been taken advantage of. You've been betrayed. You've been gossiped about, lied about, treated wrong, cheated on. Some of those outside of the church, some of those inside of the church. Might have been a family member. You may be still holding on to a grudge of someone who's not even living anymore. Maybe you find yourself today bitter at God. Or maybe even mad at yourself for something that you did. You're having a hard time forgiving yourself. But we all want to forgive like Jesus. That's how we love like Jesus. So how do we do that? Number one, you got to pray for those who hurt you. I know that sounds like really simple, and that's a great thought pastor. But pray as you pray. As you begin to put your focus on, on that compassion to them, I believe there's freedom that will come through in your life. And God will begin to, to break uh, for those chains that, that are holding you back. You begin to soften your heart as you begin to pray and take that focus off of you and how you can hurt. But in Luke 6, 28, it says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. But this is how we pray sometimes, church. We say, God, I forgive this person, but Lord, give them hemorrhoids. God, I want to break free from this offense and, and say, Lord, I'll forgive you. Lord, give him diarrhea like never before. Like, don't we do that? Don't we do that? Maybe you know someone that's done that. But what is the word? It says, bless those who curse you. Don't flip those words around. And I, I've heard people pray that. They pray curses on other people. That's not what it says. Don't do that. Pray, pray for those who hurt you. Matthew 5, 43-44. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.